All right, welcome everyone to the year that was dot dot dot. I'm your host, uh, Maxon, along with my brother Nate. Hello. Hello, and uh, I don't know if anybody else is going to jump on. Uh, if not, it's understandable because it is 4th of July. We It's the 4th of July weekend, so people got things going on. Hillbillies are blowing things up around here. It's probably, kind of like, probably, it, it'd probably be at least three fingers lost in town yes, this week. Yes. <laughs> So it is, like I said, it's just a nice, calm show today. Um, we're not, it's not even like, I don't want to say, it's not even the greatest pay-per-view. I'm just going to say that. Um, it's not a horrible pay-per-view, but it's just kind of like a whatever show, in my opinion. And uh, if you guys aren't aware of what this show is, it is a uh, week to week breakdown of major professional wrestling of a year. Uh, this year we're discussing 1997. Um, we are right at the start of, sep- of September and the pay-per-view we are going to discuss, which is funny because a motorcycle just drove by, is WCW Road Wild 1997 from Sturgis, the biker rally. Uh, historically, one of the, just a vanity project for Eric Bischoff. The show made no money. It's historically like the least bought pay-per-view of WCW's calendar year. It's just one one thing one thing that I'll say about that is at least the they after the first year they stopped calling it Hogwild. <laughs> do you know why? Uh I assume it had something to do with Harley Davidson. Yeah they were they were like we're gonna sue you if you keep doing that. And then before you get on to that, just something I want to, and you're going to tell me, dude, I already knew that. Everybody's going to be like, Nate, we already knew that. But I, I guess I never put two and two together. So, you know, you know that I always, it's kind of my gimmick, my joke gimmick or whatever to play this on the show. But you know what I I don't know if at some point I did realize it or didn't realize it or forgot about it. But they repurposed that music. Yeah, for the West Texas Rednecks. Yes. I completely forgot about that. Like it absolutely them, what's that? It works for them though. But like it was like I don't know. I was I don't remember what I was watching. Probably obviously something with the West Texas Texas Rednecks on it, and I was like, "Well, okay." <laughs> southern born, southern bred. But yeah, I guess I don't know. Like I said, maybe at one point in my life I did realize it, but like I, I was like, that's the Jeff Jarrett. That's the bad Jeff Jarrett music. They're just singing over that bad Jeff Jarrett music. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> stupid, um, but. the last really entertaining thing WCW had, yeah, West Texas Rednecks. <laughs> Curly um, 
When I die, I'll be Southern bed. <laughs> Fucking Kurt Hennig's from Minnesota. <laughs> I think it's funny. <clears throat> but, uh, um, like I said, we're discussing Road Wild 1997. Um, for everybody that, that's continuing listening to the show, as you know, we discussed last week, the Raw and the Nitro before this, and it was the Nitro where they basically gave the main event of this show away for free on TV and had Lex Luger defeat Hulk Hogan in one of the dumbest moves ever in a wrestling company. So Luger was going to be going in as the challenger, but tonight he is going in as the defending champion and the hero of WCW. Yes. He will be defending his title against Hollywood Hogan, obviously, like I said, and, um, <laughs> so we're gonna kick off the show unless you had anything else. Nope. Nope. All right, we're gonna kick off the show. The announced team is Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes. They're wearing their biker stuff. They're ready for the show. Um they tell us all about obviously Luger's the defending champion. Like I said, they'll be defending against Hulk Hogan, and then we roll into our opening match, which is Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton versus Harlem Heat. Um Buff and Norton uh, have uh, Vincent with them, as they usually do. And um, years prior, the Harlem Heat did not get a lot of affection from the, the Sturgis crowd. No. But this year, it actually wasn't bad. Like, they, they the fans were into Harlem Heat this time. Uh, I think, I think, honestly, the reason why is because I, I – the first couple of them, like the first two, wrestling wasn't hot. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't popular. So I think a lot of the bikers were just there because it was some wrestling. Right. You know? They didn't actually know who the wrestlers, yeah. other than this, Hulk Hogan or whatever. Yeah. And like Randy Savage or whatever. This time, I, I think more people are watching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, oh, these two big black guys. It's like, oh, it's Harlem Heat. All right. You know, they're into it. Um, so the match is going on. And also, by this point, they don't have Sherry with them. Yeah, that's true. That makes a difference with the biggest. <laughs> makes a big difference. Uh, not not all bikers are bad, but no. But the people that were booing them were bigots. Come on. So I love when Sherry points that out. She's like, "I wanted to manage Ron Simmons. They were going to put me with Ron Simmons, and they said oh, I was going to get too much heat." So instead of putting me with one big muscular brother, they put me with two big muscular brothers. <laughs> like, this is worse. Anyway. Um, Scott you Norton. Meant, nope, you, mentioned, you mentioned the commentators when you started. Is this a year where uh, Tony looks like he's come just come from the leather bar and D- Dusty is uh, denim Dusty? Yeah. Okay. And Bobby's just Bobby. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just... I'll give WCW that. They did try, like, they did have cool pay per view sets and themed shows and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll give them that. Like, they're, sometimes it was a little, some of the sets sometimes were a little hokey, but at least they, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They, they gave things a theme. Yeah. Uh, the match is just a basic tag team match, it's nothing special. Um, I know I give Buff a lot of shit sometimes just because I don't think he's that good of a person. 
but he wasn't a terrible worker. I mean, he, he was all right. Scott Norton, big, good powerhouse guy. Never going to say anything bad about Booker. Like, you can't say anything bad about Booker T. And Stevie, for the guy that he was, was not bad. Um, so four talented guys. Um, Norton ends up hitting an impressive side slam on Stevie Ray. Um, Booker hits a bunch of impactful moves on Norton. And like I said um, about Book, you ever going to say anything bad about Booker T? He was always good. But this time of his career is when he really started. He, he started getting it. Like, like you, you can see that this guy, this guy's a fucking star and he's going to be something. It's just too bad that it, that it happened when it happened fi- finally for him in WCW. But, um, right. um, him winning the WCW title is like the equivalent of, of Drew. Like, when he won the world title, it was like the equivalent of like when Drew won it during COVID. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> didn't had it. Didn't never, never had a chance. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> It's like this does not matter, and nobody's gonna remember it. <laughs> the only thing they're gonna remember about it is how awful it was. <laughs> um, and then during the ja- during the match, uh, Miss Jackie comes out and starts encouraging the Harlem Heat. Um, Norton has a shoulder breaker, but Jackie jumps on Norton, and with Jackie on his on Norton's back, Booker hits a, a Harlem. Harlem sidekick and gets the one, two, three. So your victors are Harlem Heat in the opening match. Not a bad match. I maybe wouldn't open the show with it, but it was it was decent. And uh, you mentioned about uh, Stevie. My thing about Stevie Ray is Harlem Heat's great. They're one of the great tag teams of the '90s, and. Stevie Ray really is very good, but the problem with Stevie Ray was he's one of those guys that was a very good tag team wrestler. He just didn't transition well into singles. Yeah. And there are just guys that are like that. There are just guys that just, they, 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 their style and the way they work just translates to tag wrestling. And that's what he was. Um, kind of like, uh, uh, a Neidhart. Like, yeah, as a package deal, it's cool because Brett's doing all the flashy shit and then Jim comes in there and fucking bowls people over. And but if it's just an entire match of Nightheart bowling people over, it's like, eh, I don't know. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I said decent match. Stevie. I actually like Stevie when he did commentary. I thought he was funny, but. Um, the next match, unless you had anything else on Harlem Heat versus nope. NWOB team, um, the next match is a, a Mexican grudge match. Um, it's Rey Mysterio versus um, uh, K Dog. I called it a Mexican grudge match, they technically didn't call it that, which would have made sense this time. It made no sense when they did it. At, Fucking sold out, and it was Bubba Rogers and and uh, and uh, Hugh Morris. That was a Mexican death match, but this is this is a regular grudge match. It's good, <laughs> but um, story of the match is that Ray um, Ray's knees still a little messed up, and K Dog is working over it. Um, um, I put this on here, and that and and. 
it was a question because like sometimes when there's not a lot in the match i'll just add a little question in there when i think about it or whatever mm-hmm. um we always go is this guy uh, this federation guy or this federation guy is is the way that career the that his career went would you consider Ray a WC like when you think of Ray, do you consider him a WCW guy or a WWE guy? No, I think of him as a WWE guy. Um, and probably just not at this point, probably just because he has 20 years of history in the WWE. But I I, I do I consider like there's a lot of guys like say I'll use it as an example, and this is why I say I count w, count Ray as a WWE guy. Let's let's say Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman is a WCW guy. He came to the WWE. He was there for a few years. He did stuff. He won titles. But when I think about his career, I think about his WCW career. Whereas with Ray, I think about WrestleMania 22. I think about, you know, the stuff with Bradshaw. Yeah, to me, Ray's a WWE guy. All right. Um, I think the same thing. I think it's not that his WCW career sucked. No, any means, but I think he, when he got there, that was the company that knew exactly how to market him, exactly what to do with him. Don't, his, don't his, change it up. You know, his, his success in 20 years working for Vince McMahon is also a testament to him because he's literally a guy you would not think would have lasted. And you know what I mean? And in, in the way, the way Vince uh, promotes, you would think that Ray would have just been, you know, you you would look at him and think, oh, he's just going to be a guy Vince uses as a you know one of the top cruiserweights or whatever. And to ha- to have the the main event career that he's had there is a testament to him as a performer that he got to do all that in Vince's company. And it's also uh, an insight into kind of how Vince thinks about it. Like people are like, oh, he's a body guy. Vince is a body guy, but he's always had a like you know a fat guy. It's like. I don't want 20 fat guys. Right. Just, just give me one fat guy. I, like want, a fat, I, want, a, I want a fat guy. I want a little underdog. Yeah. My, my mighty mouse. Like that's my mighty mouse mm-hmm. right there. You know? So I, that's one thing I think sometimes people don't think about with Vince. It's, it's not that he just doesn't want, he's not just that he doesn't like small guys. He just doesn't want a bunch of small guys running around mm-hmm. or he doesn't want a bunch of skinny fat guys running around. <laughs> like one skinny fat guy is all right. But not a bunch of them. I don't want them all to look alike. Jesus. Right. But anyway, um, like I said, during the match, the story is Ray's knee. Um, K Dog attempts to remove, remove, remove Ray's mask during the match. That was hard for me to say for some reason. Um, and then K Dog ends up trapping Ray in the Tequila Sunrise. He, get, he gets in the in the Tequila Sunrise and Ray Mysterio. Um, taps and then k-dog um is refusing to break the hold the officials finally get him off of there and they gotta they gotta cart little ray out of there so ray's knees messed up and that's the story out of the matches that ray just couldn't get over the get over the knee injury and it was too much for him so he had to tap um was what it was it wasn't like i said kind of like what i said about this last match it wasn't it wasn't bad but it wasn't great it was just kind of there and it's kind of progressing this K Dog, Ray Mysterio storyline of K K Dog turned his back on the, on all the all the luchadors and now he's evil and he's with the NWO. 
So that's the story of the match. So anything else on that? Nope. Nope. Um, the next thing we get is what's going on in my alley. Nothing happens in this neighborhood until I plug this fucking laptop in and go to do a show. And then it's fucking cops or it's fireworks or it's fun for the the show. I know, but (laughs) what's going on in Aaron's neighborhood is one of the regular segments of the show. And it's an insight of how I have no patience. Like these people are just living their lives, and I'm like, go inside. I'm trying to record this podcast that 20 people listen to. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Need to get no respect for bringing my shit out in the public, and you're gonna be out in public while I'm in public. That's not gonna work. Doesn't work for me, dog. But anyway, um, the next thing we get is uh, me and Gene Oakland showing off that he got a ta- that he got a tattoo. Obviously, it's a fake tattoo, but Gene's got his tattoo. Um, and then he uh, hypes the uh, WCW hotline, which is much like uh, the Randy Savage Slim Jim contract for Eric Bischoff. He got he got Gene pretty cheap salary wise because that WCW hotline money, like 99% of that shit went to Gene, man. Like and that's, it, and that's and that's why every chance he got, Gene was like one nine hundred nine oh nine ninety nine hundred. I can't oh. tell you the whole story here. <laughs> um, like I said, Gene has his fake tattoo. Um, the next match is the elimination tag team match, and it is Chris Benoit teaming with Steve Mongo McMichael to take on Jeff Jarrett and Dean Malenko. The never-ending um, story. Never-ending story of Mongo and Jarrett. Um, uh, this was good when... Uh, this was good. Obviously, this was good when Malenko and uh, Benoit were in there. Um, but the crowd was super, super into Mongo. Which is funny, because like he was so bad. But the WCW crowd just love that dude man yeah, and it's 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 the it's the thing we always talk about like we always talk about how both of us we like him we don't like him as a wrestler but we like him as a personality and as a person and as a you know as a as a gimmick and as a everything about him was great except the in ring so i think it was one of those things where people were willing to forgive it because they fucking loved them some mongo i mean i'm the same way like i'm like i've never watched a mongo mcmichael match that i enjoyed but I enjoy watching Mongo McMichael. You know what I mean? <laughs> For one, it's like uh, what, what we always say: good, bad wrestling. Yeah. Like I love watching like when when people just um, compile like there's a guy and he I don't know if he does it anymore. He might have ran out of stuff, but he was on uh, like Facebook Reels or whatever, and it was just like every week he'd post a new like like two minute compilation of Mongo botches of him just <laughs> fucking up moves. But he never hurt anybody to no. his credit. He never hurt anybody. All <laughs> over. He'd bump but weird. The good news is the Mongo, the Mongo Jarrett saga 
is almost over because Jarrett's yeah. about to go back to the WWF. Yeah, he's out in October. Um, I didn't know this about him, but then I was listening to a. I I don't know. I think it was like, I think I listened to a con. I think I know this is like blasphemy in the podcast wrestling world, but I listened to like a, a Jarrett conrad podcast i think it was because it was something that i wanted to like the the subject of it was like oh that seems i want that might be interesting i'll listen to that you know <clears throat> and he only signed um year deals with companies like he jared himself like the man would not sign more than a year contract with any company that he went into and it's because he didn't want to he didn't want to be i don't say he was like like he's basically said, if you don't like, like when you get in, if you don't like the creative and you don't like the situation you're in, you can think to yourself, I just, I gotta get, a, I gotta get through the year. Yeah. You know? And then if I like it, I'll sign back. But if I don't, it's not like, oh man, I've been, I, I, I'm stuck here for fucking seven years and I can't mm-hmm. get out of it. They're jobbing me and all this shit. He's like, it job me for three months or whatever on the way out. And it's not the end of the world, you know? So it, like, so like October, he's like, that was a very, like every year, October was like an important month for me. So I'm like, all right, I got to figure out what I'm going to do here. Just thought that was an interesting take on wrestling. I don't think anybody else really had, I've never heard anybody else just being like, just one year. Most guys get And that probably came to, first of all, advice from his pops. And also, also he was the son of a territory wrestler. You know, and territory wrestlers were, you know, okay. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like what's going on here. So I think I'm gonna finish up in two weeks, boss. (laughs) You know, that's that's, I'm gonna move on down the road. Go to, I'm in, I'm in the Mid Atlantic right now. Next week, I'll be in Texas on World Class. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or if I do, if I just walk out, they're gonna be like, well, you can't do anything until your contract's up. Like, I only got three months left. Fuck it. Sit at the house yeah. and <laughs> yeah. catch some rays. But yeah, he's like every every year in October, it was like, all right, this is gonna be a pivotal time for me. Time to negotiate, renote. Ah, I can't speak today. Renegotiate, he, whatever. But yeah, he also he also resigned with WWF in '97. One of the reasons was because Jr. and Vince promised him a run with Austin, and then it turned out him and Austin were like oil and fucking water. So that never yeah, came they, to fruition. They, they've made up. It, well, yeah, they have now. But that's one of them things too. Austin was Austin. Austin. Austin lived the uh, the Harvey Dent quote as far as behind the scenes goes. You know, either either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And he he totally started like acting like Hogan and them. You know, all the people that he he was pissed about. For years and years, and then you know, you get into '99. He's like, I ain't working with Jared. I ain't working with Billy Gunn, you know. So anyway, I mean, and it is what it is. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying he got, he got, he got there, and he realized what there was like, you know. Yeah. So it, and um, what was that Austin said that um, he was looking at it. He, he was when he was in Memphis. And they were like, fuck, everybody there was either eating like macaroni and cheese and fucking potatoes. That's all they could afford. He said he was looking at his check and uh, Jeff Jarrett came up and slapped him on the back and said, you can keep looking at it as long as you want, buddy, but it ain't going to get any bigger. 
And I did you ever watch the the Stone Cold Jarrett interview? Yes. And Jarrett was like, guys used to say that to me. Like, I just thought it was funny. And like Steve took it to heart and was like, fuck this guy, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's just <sighs> this Jeff Jarrett, WCW 90, 96, 97, Jeff Jarrett, not a fan. But other than that, I think he gets I think he gets a lot of uh, unnecessary hate, honestly. I do too. I think he's smart to the business. I think he, the, the, like the only thing that I and we're talking about this stuff just because I said there's not a lot to talk about about this pay-per-view. The only thing I never understood about Jeff Jarrett and it took him a long time to figure it out was his fucking love for Vince Russo. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I think this guy like <laughs> and I think I think it was a matter and 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 you can I can I can I can I, I can respect him for being loyal to a guy that thought something of him. I, I, I have a I've always had a theory about that and I, I half half of what you're saying right there. But I also think Jeff Jarrett looked at himself as a main event world championship wrestler. But most promoters looked at Jeff Jarrett as a top of the mid card wrestler, like a U.S. Yeah. champion or an intercontinental champion. Vince Russo placated that part of his ego. You know, Vince Russo let him play main event world championship wrestler. I don't know the man. I could be totally off, but just viewing viewing what I've been able to view as an observer, I think that's what it was. I think, you know, everybody every everybody that ever booked him other than Russo booked him where he should have been at the top of the mid card. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's not a world champion to me. I mean, I just he, I don't he think isn't. He but you get he's never gonna have a bet other than when he's wrestling Mongo, he's not really ever gonna have a bad match. Nope. And he's a good personality and good personality. You know, but just he's not a fucking world champion. And I think Russo was like, oh, this guy likes me. I'm going to placate his ego. So I wherever he goes, I'll have a job. <laughs> um, and this match is it's like convoluted. Um, um, the match goes on. Um And if you remember, like the, the 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 there was a story where like Jarrett and Deborah were trying to get Malenko to team with them. Mm-hmm. The Malenko finally does it. Well, Jarrett ends up um, knocking Mongo down, but then he pulls Mo- like he he cocks him in the jaw. But then he ends up um, pulling Mongo on top of himself and getting himself eliminated. And leaves the match. So all of this was apparently to set up Dean Malenko. And I don't understand. Like, I know Malenko and Jarrett, like, had a U.S. title feud and and all this, that, and the other thing. But it's just, it was like a long, a long play that just, it doesn't make sense to me. I agree. Um. So he did all this shit just to kind of set up Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko is now in the match by himself. Mongo ends up hitting a tombstone pile driver on Malenko for the pin. So your winners are uh, Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael. So 
we said enough about it. <laughs> we, we had a good little conversation about Jeff Jarrett. Yes. And then we get footage of the WCW guys driving to Sturgis on their bikes or riding, whatever you want to call it. You know, sometimes bikers go, I don't ride my bike, I ri- or I don't drive my bike, I ride my bike, and say whatever. Um, um, there's a podcast I listen to called uh, Small Town Murder. And it's also, they also do crime and sports. It's a great show. Great shows. I don't know if you listen to them or not, but you should. They have our humor. They're like right around our age and find, find shit that we think is funny, funny and everything like that. And this guy talks about his, his brother, his, James, the host of it, talks about his brother and how his brother's in a, in a, he's a motorcycle guy, you know? And he's like, he's like, so I just, every year I go home and he's like, he's there playing like cosplay with his buddies getting their little leather outfits and he's like and then they get on their bikes and they they drive a mile to the bar and then the rest of the night they sit around and just talk about their bikes <laughs> it's like why don't you just drive your truck and talk about your bike <laughs> anyway um we come from a biker family so it's not even i'm not even knocking i just i was like that's kind of funny i never thought yeah. of it <laughs> when you think about it in that perspective, they really did just drive a mile. <laughs> but uh, um, the next match is the cruiserweight championship match. It's Chris Jericho versus Alex Wright. Um, um, and I can say this, that this crowd did not have a lot of, they, they, not the most sensitive or PC crowd. Like I was saying about the Harlem Heat um, years prior, this year they were cool with the Harlem Heat. This year, not so much with Alex Wright. <laughs> I'm not gonna say some of the things they were they were yelling at young Alex Wright here, but it was a lot of a lot of f words, a lot of q words, and all kinds of different things. Um, I've been uh, sorry it, that okay. reminds me. I've been watching. Um, um early 80s early 80s stuff like i think like i mean i'm watching like a lot of stuff from like 83 at the moment for instance and they have those philadelphia spectrum shows with um with gorilla monsoon and whoever that guy is it's like the local philadelphia it's not jack reynolds maybe it is jack reynolds anyway um gorilla and that guy do the commentary for those spectrum shows I don't know how many times in these 83 Spectrum shows, like that Jack Reynolds guy will be like, Rene Goulet, he he really, really took it. He really, really took it to uh, uh, Tony Correa there. And Gorilla Monsoon, so many, Tony Correa is still on Queer Street, Jack. And he just, <laughs> he says, he says Queer Street a lot. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> Just means knock out. I know, but it, you know what I'm saying. Like it's not like now you wouldn't hear anybody say. Well, you know. <laughs> it's like when uh, Bob Cottle would talk about the Rock and Roll Express, and like you know they they try to talk about like things of their lives or whatever, and like Ricky Morton or, or Robert Gibson, if you notice, like Robert Gibson would always do the the Jimmy Snuka thing, which is not really a Jimmy Snuka thing, but the, the two fingers and the thumb. Well, Robert did that all the time. And what he was doing was, was um, signing to his parents because both Robert Gibson's parents are deaf. 
But Coddle, instead of saying his hearing impaired parents or his his deaf parents, he would always be like, Robert Gibson giving the I love you sign to his parents. Both parents deaf and dumb. <laughs> like that was just an expression back in the yeah. day. But now you hear it, you're like, what the hell? Jesus Christ, Coddle. <laughs> parents are deaf and dumb. Like, or you'll oh. hear like you'll be watching something from that era and you'll hear him like Bill Watts go, JYD was out there. JYD is an ambassador for goodwill. He was out there last week. Reaser, he was with the retarded children. And the retarded he was, children. He was with those retarded children and those <laughs> retarded children. Those retarded children, they love JYD, those retarded yes. children. It's like Jesus yes. Christ. He's not just for the coloreds, you know. He loves everything. <laughs> he also loves yeah. the retarded children. <laughs> like, oh my God. What's happening? And that was only 40 years ago. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> there was a lady, there was an old lady that worked at the at the old Walmart with me. And she'd say that, but it wouldn't be about a person. Like she was the lady that like hung up the clothes and stuff. And like one day her color her one of her clothing carts was broken. And she was like, Aaron. I'm like, yeah. She goes, Can you help me fix my cart? It's gone all retarded. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you can't say that. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> but there's others around us. <laughs> Wheels all bent up. It's retarded. Like, stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's even in our generation, too. Like, we, we, as a culture, like, when we, like, you know, like, when we came up or whatever, we didn't like that. We didn't like people calling people that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like, so we'd be we'd get mad if somebody would be like if somebody's like oh fucking retard and we'd be like don't call him that you know we'd say that be like don't call him retarded calling somebody retarded's gay that's <laughs> gay <laughs> like if we didn't like something it's like you don't you don't like family matters oh man that show's gay <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> I'd get canceled if you said that. But um, and so the match is going around, going on. And I know I brought this up the other week when we were talking. I don't even remember what brought it up, but it's such a great line. Um, Tanae's discussing Alex Wright's background. Um, mentions that his dad, uh, um, what was his dad's name? Steve. Um. Yeah, Stephen Stephen Wright, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. His, his dad wasn't stand-up comedian Stephen Wright. He was a <laughs> professional wrestler. <clears throat> but he brings up that his dad, um, the the Alex Wright is the second ge- second generation wrestler, and his father was a famous globetrotter. And Bobby Heenan goes, um, his father was Metal Lark Lemon. <laughs> yes, but yes. I just looked it up. You're right. It is Steve Wright. Is his yes. father? Yeah. Brings up like, like the hippest tall black dude from the from the his dad was Metal Lark Lemon, <laughs> and to, and Tony doesn't put it over, but fucking Tanae's like, <laughs> he no, of course, of course Tony didn't put it over. Yeah. Um, and I'm a Tony Schiavone fan. Okay, 
Me I don't too. Understand. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand it. I I don't get it. It's like, why would you not want to fucking put this dude over and and get everything you can out of it? You know what I mean? I agree. Like, oh, I, I never got it either. He didn't know how to work with the guy. Like, you just be like, oh, lame brain. Or your stupid brain. It, it was, I think he was trying to be like Gorilla. But it's like Gorilla wasn't like that with Bobby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he never called Bobby stupid or lame brain or anything like that. It, it, and maybe, like, maybe, I mean, I mean, I, this is like psychoanalyzing the guy or whatever. But maybe that's why, maybe that's why. Tony doesn't like their at that time didn't like Bobby. Maybe maybe Bobby made him feel inferior, you know. Maybe he's like, I can't maybe in his mind, I can't keep up. The thing you is he, sh- he shouldn't keep up. Right. You know That's, I mean? Yes. It's, it's it, it, like if if I'm Tony Shavani, I'm more worried about Mike Tanay. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby's not coming for my spot. Bobby's not gonna be the play by play announcer, you know. But here comes Mike, and he's a little better than I am. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't get it. If anything, you get Bobby on your side, he's going to help you even more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't understand it. There's like, it's like you guys aren't, you guys aren't in the same spot. There, it's it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, you're in two. You're in two completely different lanes. That it's time that you're it, it you should be in the same lane with each other because you should be in the same car and you know, mm-hmm. driving to the same destination. One guy's the wheel guy, the other guy's the direction guy. You know, you know what I mean? That type of thing. Yeah. But um but they're having a good back and forth match. Um Alex Wright, I think uh, we've talked about it a couple times. Um the the gimmick finally kind of worked when he became a heel because it was a better heel gimmick than it was when he was supposed to be a baby face. Anyway, like a heel guy should dance like that and be ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, so the gimmick worked, I think, as a heel, not so much as a face. But um, I think he's an underrated professional wrestler and I don't think he gets talked about enough and I think it's because he never got out of WCW and just was what it was but Alex Wright wasn't bad in the ring at all no, I, I, I like, I like Alex sucked. Wright gimmick sucked bell to bell dude was fucking great um, they're having a good back and forth match um, Jericho is focusing on Alex Wright's arm um then the match is going on. Uh, Jericho uh, tried to roll up on Alex Wright, but Alex Wright reversed it um, um, and got a got a roll up of his own. Pulled Jericho's tights. One, two, three. Alex Wright is your winner and still cruiserweight champion. And I think the most um, out of place cruiserweight champion up until the point that Oklahoma won it. Yeah, just because, and, and I, I think I mentioned it when he when we talked about the show when he won it. It just you have Jericho, and you have all of the luchadors, and yeah, Alex Wright wrestled kind of a cruiserweight style, but it's just to me, 
he was He's too tall. Too tall. It doesn't mean nobody says that enough. Like that doesn't get said a lot in wrestling, but it's like this guy's too tall. He was too tall and he just didn't he didn't fit in with the rest of the cruiserweight division in that respect, I guess. I agree. Like you put the TV title on him, I got no problem with that. Like, right. I wouldn't even mind seeing him as like US champion. That's I don't think he ever held it. I was like, if he has either one of those belts, I see nothing with it. But when I look at Alex Wright, I don't see a cruiserweight wrestler. Me neither. Um, well, somebody did. And that somebody was Kevin Sullivan. Um, so he's still the cruiserweight champion. Um, so anything else on Jericho, Alex Wright? Nope. All right. Um, the next thing we get is a match that does not get enough time, in my opinion. And it is uh, Six Pac versus Ric Flair. Um, fans are way into Flair. Um, I think they pop big for him, not just because he's Ric Flair, but he's like the first guy that everybody knows who this guy is. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Like, like we've seen WCW guys or whatever, but this this Ric Flair, holy shit. We, I know that guy, you know? I know who Ric Flair is. Yeah, he's the... He's the coxman. He's getting all the ass and everything like that. It's like, this is the man right here. Um, but he comes out. Um, the fans, like I said, are really into Ric Flair. Um, Flair um, ends up knocking. Like They do some chain wrestling, and Six Pac gets the – or Flair gets the upper hand of it and gives uh, Six Pac a crotch chop, which actually gets on – it's televised. Um because when they're on pay-per-view, they can do whatever they want. A lot of times, the crotch chop on WCW would get, um, they'd cut away from it. And, like, the guy, like, X or like, Nash and Hall weren't allowed to say, like, you know, suck it. They had to say, you can go down where? Down here. And then they do the crotch chop, so it would just, like, be on, like, Scott's face <laughs> or whatever. Um, And like I said, they're having a match, and it's not going to be bad because it's fucking Sean Waltman and Ric Flair, you know? Right. Um, so this is another one where I have a lot of notes. Or not not notes, but, like, questions. And the question of this match, and I would have asked anybody else if they would have joined, was it just me? Or did Sean Waltman just always seem out of place in WCW? Yes. And, and I've always thought that was funny, too, because like I said earlier, you know, you would think that he would be out of place in the WWF, but he was that underdog. Yeah. And then when he was X-Pac, he was with D. Yeah, he's he he just he did. He seemed, seemed totally out of place. And I, he I, I Sean Waltman's a WWE guy. Oh, definitely. But it's just like that that year that he was there. It was just like this is doesn't work. I don't get it. And like, not saying he had a bad little run in WCW. It was what it was, but it's just like when he's there, it's just like, this doesn't feel right. I don't mm -hmm. like this. I don't like him being here. You know, he's <laughs> defense and it's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work in my opinion. Um, he, let's put it this way, folks. He would have never went to WCW had Scott Hall and Kevin Nash never went there. Oh yeah. And they got him a deal and, mm -hmm. All right, you know, I'm gonna go with my buddies. Um, so yeah, that, that it just it didn't work. 
Um, I don't think it was intentional because I don't think six Pac would do this, but um, I think he, he gave Flair a pretty, he gave him a pretty solid kick to the face. I don't think he did it on purpose, but, um, and Flair's a hell of a salesman, obviously, but like, he kicks him and Flair's just like, like you can see he's a little froggy for a second. Um, um, Pac ends up trying for a Bronco Buster, but Flair gets his foot up and kicks him right in the dick and falls and gets to his gets up, rolls uh, six Pac up and gets his feet on the ropes. So Flair kicked the guy in the nuts, got his feet on the rope for the one, two, three. So he went in classic dirtiest player in the game style so rick flair is victorious over six pack and this is pretty much i think winding down their feud so mm-hmm. there you go. um so unless you got anything else on flair or pack we'll move on to the next match no and and i i i remember the match and they had they although it wouldn't and like you said it's it's waltman and flair so you're not gonna have a bad match but you wouldn't necessarily think of putting them in the ring against each other. But when WCW did it, it was, it was good. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't want to say it was, this did happen or whatever. Cause I wasn't there, but of all those click guys, you know, a lot of them were, Let's just say it. A lot of them were assholes back in the day. They, they weren't. They weren't nice guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Other than to each other, and guys that they really liked. But if it was a guy they didn't like, or a guy they thought was like either impeding on their career, either behind the scenes or somebody that was like competition for them, it's like, oh, we're gonna go, mm-hmm. we're gonna go with this guy. You know. Um, I you never hear Waltman like that. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like Nash and Hall would say shit about Ric Flair and whatever. And, and even to some point, like they never talked shit about Hogan, but Hogan was their was one of their fucking meal tickets. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> but like, Oh, we're going to attack our aunt. We're going to make fun of Arn, and we're going to make fun of Flair. We're going to do this. They never made fun of, they never made fun of Savage because for one, he'll fucking deck you in your goddamn mouth. (laughs) And two, when they got to the W, when they got to WWF, it's like, that's Randy Savage. You don't mess with that guy. You know what I mean? He's fucking royalty. Mm -hmm. But like he's, he was until he left Savage had that undertaker role in the locker room where Randy told you to sit down and shut the fuck up. It's like, all right, sit down. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, um, I never got that vibe, and I still don't get that vibe from from Sean Waltman. To me, he just no. seemed like the guy that, like Nash and Hall, wanted to take the take the knees out of the older guys. Waltman was like, "I get to work with Ric Flair. This is gonna be yeah. fucking great," you know. <laughs> and Nash and Hall were like, "Why do we gotta work with Ric Flair? Let's work with somebody else," you know. But I also, on that side, also think that Flair probably went to Sullivan and was like, "I could have great matches with that kid," like. Mm-hmm. like Let's do some shit with him. You know what I mean? But to me, Waltman just seems like the most respectful guy out of the entire clique to the people that came before him. Oh, definitely. Um, Hunter is now just because he's old. 
and doesn't give a shit name. But um, so the next match is um, Kurt Hennig versus Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is accompanied by Kimberly, who is wearing a bikini top and leather booty shorts and knee-high leather boots. So DDP was like, if they don't know who I am, I still want them to cheer. So put on that outfit. <laughs> there ain't no other booing me if you're wearing that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> thank you. I don't think there's ever a dude in the history of dudes that's ever about punted his coverage more than fucking DDP. <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? I just don't, I don't understand it. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, the match is going on. This These guys are still feuding because obviously like Kurt Hennig came in, he was the mystery partner, the impact player for DDP. They end up having their misunderstanding and and D and the attack Kurt. So this is kind of like kind of their blow off to their feud. Um, well, not the blow off to their feud. Sorry. It's kind of like this kind of the, 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 the rubber match for him or whatever middle match. And the, um, and the yeah, I was just saying this pay-per-view, it's just kind of a match that's just there. Yeah. It's not really bad. Um, Hennig does his uh, slide into the corner post and bump that he does all the time where he, where he balls himself. Um, um, Paige is uh, on top of Kurt Hennig, but ends up um, he's on the top, but Hennig ends up kicking him and, or I don't want to say like Paige is doing the, the 10 count punch thing and, and, and Hennig ends up low blowing him. Um, Page during the match and accidentally bumps Mark Curtis and um, Perfect ends up using the exposed buckle on Page. Um, Page kicks out of a Hennig plex. Hennig um, then ends up eating the exposed turnbuckle. The ref the ref gets bump a, bumped a second time and um, Flair ends up trying to get involved because like he's trying to get Hennig to join the Four Horsemen. And he ends up eating a diamond cutter. This distracts DDP. Like DDP ends up hitting the diamond cutter. He pops back up. Um, Henning ends up taking him out, allowing Hennig to get the one, two, three. And in what kind of surprised me, because I haven't watched this pay-per-view very much. I was like, oh, huh. they did something smart here. They, they let a heel go over. That's not yeah. an NWO guy. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't happen very much. So it was kind of cool to see Kurt win, and this feud continues going on with DDP and Kurt Hennig. So, and I so, honestly don't, yeah, I honestly don't have a lot to say about it. Um, like you said, I mean, their matches weren't ever bad, but they also it between the two of them, between the two of them, there was not magic. Let's no. put it that way. Um. Then we get some more Mean Gene hype in the hotline. And then we get the NWO biker video of them riding their way to the end, riding their way to Sturgis. Um, and the next match we get is Randy Savage versus the Giant. Um, 
Randy Savage tried to slam, um, tried to body slam, body slam the giant. Obviously, did not work. Um, um, Savage ends up doing the whole use Elizabeth as a seat as a shield spot and all this. Um, and when he does that, like he basically picks up Liz, moves her out of the way, and then press slam Savage into the ring because they're on the floor. Um, Savage tries to start working over Giant's leg. Um, Savage ends up trying to hit a top rope axe handle, but the Giant catches him, gives him the choke slam for the one, two, three, and the winner is the Giant. Was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, at this time, it, it, as crazy as it sounds, and WWE and WCW are both guilty of this, but as crazy as it sounds, at this time, somehow, you're not using the giant properly. <laughs> just, you have the largest athlete in the world, and you're just not using him properly. Yeah, and... Um, also say this on the other side of it, the other guy they're in there that he's in there with, um, Randy right now just kind of is just kind of there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he feels like kind of a bit player. It's like, how do you have Randy Savage feeling like a fucking bit player? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, I don't get it. Like, I don't. <sighs> I'll never say anything bad about Randy Savage. Cause he's like, in my top three favorite wrestlers of all, he might be my favorite wrestler of all time after Kurt, like him and Kurt are like one a and two a or whatever. But it's just like, I never, I never liked him being in the NWO. Like, I think Savage should have been like the, the fringe crazy motherfucker that wasn't with either of them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like WCW. I don't like the NWO. Yes. Yeah. Out here on my own, <laughs> floating around, you know, I'd say that that would have been cooler. But, um, like I said, like, and like you said, Giant, Giant should be in the Luger spot. If you're going to have anybody doing this thing with Hogan before staying, it should be the Giant, you know, mm-hmm. that was close. Like, they were out <laughs> on the road. <laughs> But that match happened. It was just there. I think it was just a match to get both these guys. Both these guys probably wanted to fucking ride their bikes to Sturgis. So yeah. You guys fight each other or whatever. Which I don't know. If, yeah. But that's that's all that was. Um, so anything else on that? Nope. All right. Now we're moving into our main event. And this match is the Outsiders versus the Steiner Brothers for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Um, the Steiners drive their bikes out, which they they actually did it the right way, like we've talked about before, where the wrestler being on the back of the bike is always bad. Yeah. Never looks good. <laughs> Why is he in the bitch seat? Like when we watch Mick, have that one guy ride him out on his bike or that time WCW had had the fucking or NWA WCW, whatever you call it, had the fucking LOD on the back of the bikes. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, why are they on the back of the bikes? They know how to ride bikes. Look at these. These guys are bikers. Look at them. Yes. At SummerSlam 92, they both ran out right out on their own bikes. Yes. <laughs> and it's great because Hawks malfunctions and blows all that exhaust into those fans' faces. <laughs> and also, I don't know if you ever heard this, but Animal burn his leg yeah he's he wrestled that match with a fucking burnt leg because his, his tights got stuck to the the whatever the the engine Thanks, piece God. yeah and and it like melted his tights into his skin <laughs> so but yeah it's just these that sign the steiners actually ride their bikes um hall ends up uh um Doing the toothpick to Scotty, and Scotty paintbrushes Hall's face. Um, um, Steiner rushes up on Hall, who tags out quickly. And um, <laughs> it's funny because, like I said, he toothpicks Scotty. Scotty paintbrushes him. Steiner ch- Ricky chases him, and he and he gets out of the ring. And Scott Hall says this line. He looks at Rick Steiner. He goes, "I'm tired of you, man." <laughs> Tired of you, <laughs> which I don't know why it's so funny, but he's like, I'm tired of you, man. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when Mick was at that ECW, that second ECW show or whatever, and he's like, like we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't or, be here. We be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. Or like when uh, Wells came back in like 2012. Wow, they're getting it right now out there. Idiots. <laughs> it's like, look, dude, I know you're trying to get your sister to sleep with you tonight, but... This is not the way. <laughs> Try a Hallmark movie. <laughs> but, uh, um, like I said, he's like, I'm tired of you, man. And it's also one of my favorite things... And it's it's when the road it's when the New Age Outlaws came back. Remember, like when they mm-hmm. both went back as agents or whatever. I, I actually you didn't hear it because of the fireworks, but I actually started uh, to bring that up. <laughs> road Dog was like, "Why are we doing? Why this? are we doing this? Hi." <laughs> um, I think oh, Mick yeah. does some. I think Mick does something to that effect at that one one night stand too. That's what I was saying. That's when. That's when it's it's when he's with Edge. And they're fighting Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking. Goes, of, I was thinking of something different. I'm sorry. No. The way he says, like he says, is like the match starts going and it's getting rough, and he's like, "This was a bad idea." That's what he says. This was a bad <laughs> idea. Like we shouldn't be doing this. Um. But during the match, as it go after that breaks down and they do all that shit or whatever, it actually turns into a match, and. Uh, Scotty is is doing the doing the Ricky Morton like he's doing all the selling in the match trying to get the tag. Um, Rick finally tags in and um, um, they they get the Steiner Bulldog on Hall and then Nash ends up pulling uh, the ref out and Nick Patrick d- disqualifies. Um, the Steiner brothers. So now the Steiner brothers win, but it's by disqualification. So it's just kind of like a kind of a just in your cousin type thing. It's just like, yeah. it is what it is. And that's how that goes. Um, 
but it is always fun. It it is to me. It's always fun to watch because. And you know whatever, more power to them. They did what they did, and they they got their money and shit. And but Hall and Nash were not in WCW. Were not necessarily kind to most of the people that they were in the ring with. Like as far as like putting them over and making them look great. You know, Hall and Nash were about Hall and Nash. They were good with the signers, though. That, that, and I know that's what I was about to say. I love watching them wrestle the Steiners because first of all, because they're all buddies. Second of all, they know they could kick our fucking asses. Yeah. It's kind of like they did, they, they did business for the Steiners and it was always great. And it didn't happen very much, but when they fought uh, Barb and Mang, they always, they always won, but they, they always, they weren't fucking with those guys. It's like, I ain't fucking with him. I'll fucking eat your nose! Like we're not doing that shit. We get by. We get by uh, on a ball hair. By a ball hair with these guys. Yeah, it's like we're we're good. Um, hell, fucking uh, Rick Steiner's. Um, he was the bridge that got Nash into the WWF. Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah, because he was like, because Sean went to Rick and was like, "Hey." This guy, Vinny Vegas, you know anything about him? He's like, I got his number. You can call him. He's great. <laughs> funny as hell. It's funny, too. Like, the guys that... I don't want to make this like a click-heavy show. But it's funny, the guys that they hated, you would think, oh, they'd like the, that guy. But then the guys they liked, you'd be like, really? Really? <laughs> like, Shawn Michaels got along famously with the Nasty Boys? Like... yeah. But then you also think about it, be like, well, they all like to drink and and do all kinds of other crazy shit, you know. It's it's also funny to me that Shawn Michaels got. And we won't get too deep into it now, but um, we could talk about when we actually we could talk about it when we get to a a WWF thing with Shawn and Brett. But it's always funny to me. Shawn literally (laughs) got like got along with everybody in the Hart family except Brett. Yeah. And it's it just, it's crazy. And, um, or Jerry Lawler. Did you ever watch? It, it, it was a, th- they didn't promote it very much. But it was like a, it was like early WWE network where they were just putting shit out there, you know? Like, whatever, you find it, watch it. You ever watch the thing where they're like, it's not even like a, a highly, well-produced thing, but they're like just sitting in a room, like a locker room. And it's just like them, like discussing. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, I forget what they called it, but yeah, I, I remember that. I think it was like called click this or something like that. But they talk about Lawler, like, like Waltman, Waltman goes, he was underrated. He was underrated. Badass Lawler. And Nash is like, you're right, man. It's like, that dude's been doing that fucking fist drop from the second rope for 35 fucking years with no knee pads. <laughs> and he's still walking around. That's a badass motherfucker right there. <laughs> you know, it's just like they all like King. You know, it's just it's yeah. it's just crazy. The guys they like, and then the guys they don't. Mm-hmm. Like you would think, you would think Kevin Nash and Scott Hall would love Shawn Michael or, or love Ric Flair, but it's like they're fuck him. You know, they're like, oh Hulk's, he, Hulk's cool. 
<laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's just weird. And that's the funny thing too, like Paul and Nash didn't like Ric Flair, but Shawn Michaels loved him. And and Shawn Michaels hates Hulk Hogan. But Hall and Nash love that guy. You know, it, it, it's just it's it the wrestling business is crazy in that aspect. Um didn't mean to babble too much on that. But uh unless you got anything else on the outsiders and Scott and Rick, we're gonna move <laughs> into our main event because everything is going insane. I heard a kid scream, so it might be done. Nope. There it goes. <laughs> Glad I don't work till noon tomorrow or 12.30 tomorrow. So if I had to work at 5 today, I'd be out in the street and be like, can you shut the fuck up? Red, white, and blow me. <laughs> Now, um, we're going to move into our main event, the second half of the stupidity that was the Hulk Hogan-Lex Luger saga. Um, we have Michael Buffer, and Michael Buffer, he went, he went biker this night, too, and you know how he decided to go biker? This is how Michael Buffer decided to go biker. He wore a white tuxedo and a leather beret. <laughs> That's his biker outfit. Like they looked at Buffer and they were like, oh, this is a biker, a biker theme thing. They, I, I, I don't think they did it, but I'm trying to imagine them being like, hey, Mike, we want you to put on this, this, these, this leather jacket and these chaps. And he was like, no. No. <laughs> okay, but will you put on the hat? Like he was like, I have my leather beret though. I'll wear that. <laughs> so Michael Buffer wearing this white suit and a leather beret. He's gonna bring us uh the introductions for the match. Um like I said, it's Lex Luger versus Hulk Hogan. Honestly, never enjoyed watching these guys work each other. Nah. Never did anything for me. Nope. It, it's like... Um, it's like you're the same guys. Yeah. I, ne I never... I never... I never liked watching them work each other either. At all. Like, it's the complete opposite of when I get... When somebody tells me, oh, let's watch Lex Luger and Ric Flair. I love to watch Lex, L watch Lex Luger work Ric Flair. Yeah. Or I Lex hate to watch Lex Luger work Hulk Hogan. Or... or Paul Hogan versus Randy Savage. You know what I mean? I, I'd, I'd equate that to like Savage was Hogan's. Or, <laughs> the or only Hulk. time, the only time Hogan ever had anything that I liked to watch with someone that was comparable to him, look wise, was Orndorff. Yeah. And it's Other than Orndorf, that, it's because Orndorff, when I say this, it's going to make it sound like I say Hulk Hogan's a bad worker because he's not. But Orndorff looked like that, but could still fucking work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Lex Luger, Lex Luger can't work. He's not a worker. 
he, he's a he's a he's a he's a big move guy that looks good. Mm-hmm. And and that's, you know that's, you, you know you know what, what and and we can get we'll do the, we'll do the match. But it got me thinking just for nothing to the match. That's what yeah, I'm I know. But it got me thinking for just a quick second. Like I just said, I I love to watch Luger work Sting. I love to watch Luger work Flair. Um, do you know? Surprisingly, I can't stand when they wrestle each other. You would think if you say Ric Flair, great worker, Lex Luger, great body, good worker when he's in there with somebody great, right? If that's yeah. how that's what we're classifying Luger as. He's not a great worker, but he can have a great match with somebody who is a great worker. Luger and Steamboat stunk. And it surprises me, you know, like you would think. Yeah, you'd think it'd be good, but it, it, maybe, I mean, just maybe the two guys didn't have a chemistry. I don't know. But anyway. As great as Steamboat is or was, he has a track record, though, of if he doesn't like somebody or doesn't think they're he sandbags on his them. level, he sandbags them or just says, fuck this, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he has like, a wishy—he has a wishy-washy track record. Yeah, he like said if he doesn't think somebody, it's it just like I said, like like he walked, he didn't want to fucking lose the honky tonk man, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that's why he left or whatever. And he's almost like his era's Bruno. Yeah, like I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> That sucks. I'm, I'm just gonna. That. I'm just gonna leave. You stink. Yeah. <laughs> and Honky, like I said, Honky's not the greatest wrestler in the world. Never was. But I also think he gets a lot of a negative, a lot of unnecessary negativity because he never said, "I'm the greatest wrestler in the world." He's like, yeah. "I'm a gimmick." Not. It's not what I'm, I'm here for. And I own this gimmick, and I run this gimmick, and if I, I can dance and sing. And then fucking Tennessee two-step around the ring for five minutes and we're done, you know? Yep. But I loved when Ricky Steamboat, which I'm not knocking Ricky Steamboat because I love Ricky Steamboat. When he went in there as an agent, whatever, and went like went to work in, in Florida Championship or whatever, Honky was like, how's that guy going to be able to go in there and tell them kids, you know? Work, do your job, do what's asked of you. Work the locker room, like, like you know, oh, don't do what the company asks. Co- toe the line. He's like, when this motherfucker walked out when they said they were supposed, when he's supposed to put me over. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, how, mm-hmm. man, it, it, I don't know if what I'm saying make. I I didn't phrase it as eloquently as he did. I know. Yeah, I but, know. But it's like, yeah, whatever. Um. Like I said, there's nothing to this match. Um, Luger gets the advantage. Um, the, the NWO tries to get involved, and Luger takes them out. And then um, um, Big Fake Sting comes out and hits Luger with a bat, and Hogan gets the leg drop, and the one, two, three, and your winner. And new champion is Hulk Hogan. And this past Monday, ladies and gentlemen, we had a pointless fucking title turn or title change. Yes. 
Yeah, the whole thing is stupid and pointless. You should have just let Hogan go into the show as champion and have him retain the title. Yep. Dumb, stupid, and should have never happened. And I guarantee um, this this wasn't this wasn't I don't think this was a Kevin Sullivan booking idea. I think this is Eric Bischoff being like, I signed the checks, so we're gonna do this. Yeah. I know Sullivan is though like they talk about all the time, heat, heat, heat with him, but I don't I don't see Kevin Sullivan as being as smart as he is in wrestling to being like, This is a good idea. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, to be honest, overall, remembering this pay-per-view, if I'm going to give it a score out of 10, honest to God, I'd probably only give it like a five. Yeah, this this pay-per-view sucked. Like, people talk about how bad sold out was. But to me, this was the worst pay-per-view when WCW sold out. Or, you know, NWO sold out, whatever you want. Yeah, well, at least sold out had, like, even though it failed artistically, at least with sold out, they tried something, you know? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you watch it and you're like, oof, this is cringy. But at least they tried something, you know? They tried to be do something different. You can only try. And if it fails, it fails and you don't do it again, you know? And they didn't. But at least with that one, they tried to do something different. This was just lame. Yeah, it was a lame show, top to bottom. It was nothing, nothing. I would say like storyline wise, nothing progressed. But nothing progressed storyline wise because there weren't really any storylines mm-hmm. other than the Jarrett D. Malenko thing, which is a stupid angle. So this this show sucked. Like I was like, eh. I'm going to have to like bring other shit up to talk about to even get like an hour out of the show, which we did. Yes. The only reason we got an hour of the show is because some people were blowing shit up in the alley and I had to stop for a minute. <laughs> Happy America, everybody. Yes. And then on a side note, um, real quick before we check out, um, I haven't got to watch the complete main event yet because I started this show. Um, Money in the Bank was fucking awesome. I agree. There's no way this this main event that I'm going to watch wasn't good either. Uh, I I think I'm like a quarter of the way through it. But that was a fucking fantastic show. Mm -hmm. WWE pay-per-views normally are. That was fucking... Like, that was one of the best wrestling shows I've seen in a long time. Like where I didn't, I I only fast forwarded one thing. The only thing I fast forwarded was that ladies tag team match. I, I gave two shits about that. Mm-hmm. I watched the end angle with Blazer beating up Rhonda, which makes me think she's fucking leaving. But um, everything was great, and that fucking pop that John Cena got. There's not a lot of times where I'm like watching something on TV, and it like gives me goosebumps you know like i've been in shows before where like i got goosebumps like right. when we were at that when we were at that summer slam and undertaker came out i was like oh my god you know mm-hmm. the theatric undertaker entrance it was like Ooh. cena got one of the loudest goddamn pops i've ever heard in fucking the history of professional wrestling mm-hmm. and i'm not even saying this just because the guy 
worked with Cena for a little bit or whatever. But that Waller dude, I think he's fucking money. Like I think that dude, if they use him right and they don't fuck it up, I think they're that guy has a lot of fucking charisma. Yeah, as much as I like Austin Theory, I think Grayson Waller's better than Austin. Oh, he's Theory. much better than Austin Theory. Austin Theory, I haven't seen a lot of Waller matches because I didn't watch a lot of NXT. But charisma wise and promo wise and stuff, Waller's way ahead of Austin Theory. And um, like I said, that scene of shit, that was that was nuts. And um, I, I don't know how soon they're going to do it, but there's no way that there's not going to be a WrestleMania in London. They would have never had him bring that. Oh, up. no, no. I thought that when I was watching it, I was like, they are obviously in, in negotiations to have 41 in London. Like, like you can't bring that up and then just not do it. Yeah. And like I said, it, it, top to bottom, that was a great show. And even that, even that ladies' um, money in the bank fucking ladder match was great. And that one girl, she she dodged a bullet. What's what's her name? The one that's with Trish. Oh, um, Zoe Stark. Fuck Zoe Stark. Yeah, yeah. She took that. Um, she took that code red onto that ladder, and her head about went through them two wrongs. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's like, ooh, that girl got a bullet. Like, she almost got fucked up. And, and I thought the Money in the Bank men's match was really good. I would have rather seen LA Knight win, but I, I think I, I actually was okay with Priest winning. Oh, I am too. And he's a guy that when he was in Ring of Honor, I didn't like him. And when he first yeah, got to WWE, I didn't like him either. And I've told you that. And you were like, oh, that dude's great. And I was like, I don't see it. But the more I've watched the guy, it's like, that dude's. That dude's a fucking talent. Mm-hmm. And and eventually he's gonna I, I thought it was gonna be Dom. Honestly, I thought like eventually Dom was gonna like get back with his dad or whatever. But I think he's gonna be the guy that ends up breaking out of the judgment day and becomes Yeah, Do- Dominic will be much best served remaining heel for a long time. Yeah. And then the only other thing was did you, did you notice that 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 Randoms are botched? Yeah, when she said representing Judgment Day, Bailey. Judgment Day, Bailey, and then she said represent. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> what? I was like, did I miss something? No. <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely did notice that. Yeah, and 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 Cole botched in commentary like right after she did because I, like, I don't know if maybe he was thrown off by what she said because he was like, um, uh, Becky Lynch came out and he's like. Becky Lynch has accomplished everything in her career except winning the money in the contract briefcase. <laughs> I was just imagining, imagine if Vince was still on fucking headset in the back. You said money in a contract. Judgment day. What the fuck? But anyway, I just I, I just wanted to say I don't talk about modern stuff very much, but that fucking show, that was a goddamn sh- that was a goddamn wrestling show. That was fucking good. I and I promise you, I know you said you haven't watched it yet. You were also going to enjoy the main event. Yeah, I just great fucking show. So I just I don't talk about it a lot. And um, Collision's a good show too. So that that's my my two modern product takeaways is I think Collision's good. It looks different than Impact or not Impact. Yeah, uh, Impact, whatever. <laughs> 
it looks different and it actually feels like a fucking wrestling show and that pay-per-view was really fucking good so that's all i got to say about that <clears throat> so all right you got anything else no nope. i have to use the restroom so we'll close the show um thank you for listening to the show today listening to us talk about this shitty pay-per-view and um We'll be back next week with the Raw and Nitro following this this debacle that was Road Wild 1997. Um, so I'm your host, Aaron Maxson. I'd like to thank my co-host, Nate Maxson, for being here. And thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. <laughs>